0: Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound
1: the battle
0: Two men, 15
1: minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk.
0: Hello, Andrew. Hey there, Edwin. I'm excited to keep talking about Jesus. And actually, today I want to talk about authority because in this next account, he actually gives us a really good insight on establishing authority. You know, in the last one, it really came down to, I'm God, so I know what I'm talking about. Yeah,
1: using that word Lord, that is definitely an authority uh, title.
0: But in this one, he actually makes an argument regarding why he's allowed to do what he's doing.
1: I want to talk about that today. Oh, yeah. So we're looking at Matthew chapter 12. We're going to keep on reading, beginning in verse 9. I'll be reading from the New King James Version, Matthew 12, verses 9 through 14. Now when he had departed from there, he went into their synagogue, and behold, there was a man who had a withered hand, and they asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath that they might accuse him? Then he said to them, What man is there among you who has one sheep, and if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will not lay hold of it and lift it out? Of how much more value, then, is a man than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out, and it was restored as whole as the other. Then the Pharisees went out and plotted against him how they might destroy him.
0: One of the things that fascinates me about this is whatever we want to say about the argumentation, whether we struggle with what is Jesus meaning or what is his argument at all, at the very least, by the time it's done, the Pharisees accepted the argumentation. They couldn't just accuse him at that
1: moment. They had to leave and figure out another plot to try to destroy him. I see what you're saying. So... They are conceding that what he has spoken is true and right. That's what they leave enraged. You know, it makes my heart sad, uh, Edwin, just to read about this. I think about the fellow with this withered hand, Mm. and it's almost like this fellow is a prop. I mean, they bring in this poor afflicted fellow, uh, and it says to ask a question, to try to accuse him. They want to take up this issue about the Sabbath. You know, they I guess they weren't satisfied or they'd done some plotting since that last time when they caught the fellows out in the grain field, Yeah, uh, right? And so now here it is, Sabbath day, synagogue, you know, place for teaching—
0: it's not and just 100- so
1: happened to have this guy with the withered hand. Here. It's not a hundred percent clear. Are they just
0: taking advantage of a situation that has just coincidentally arisen, or have they manufactured this? I, I tend to think it's that. I tend yeah. to think they've manufactured a lot, like they are going to do sometime later with the woman caught in adultery. Right. I th- I think they've brought in a fella who is just a prop, which actually demonstrates the this lack of concern about people. Yeah. They're, they're not, not only are they not doing good, whether it's the Sabbath or otherwise, they're, they're actually treating this person really like less than human. You're, yeah. you know, you're not one of us. You're somebody we can just use in order to try to get to this person. We want to get, get accused. right. right. Uh, Jesus, of course, looks at him and he sees a person. He sees a child of God. He sees a creation, his own creation. He sees a need. And he has love and he has
1: compassion, but they're wanting to accuse him. So just real quick about his compassion. This is another example where Jesus knows good and well. There's a, there's another story. There's another situation, but he uses his power to do good. Yes. and uh, And that's a beautiful thing.
0: Even though he knows that they're going to use it to accuse him. Right. Even though he knows. This is another one of those places we've said over the last couple of chapters, Jesus wasn't going to play by their rules. Mm -hmm. He Mm -hmm. wasn't going to play their game. He knew they were going to accuse him, but he was going to do what was right and good. I mean, just benevolent, pure benevolent. If I can also maybe tie this together with last week's statement about the accusation of him being demon possessed and a few weeks ago, a few chapters ago, the accusation that he's out of his mind, here's a fellow that is now going to toe to toe with the greatest minds of Israel the the lawyers the scribes the pharisees the ones who had spent their lives studying the law and here's this person ostensibly crazy and demon-possessed, and yet has such great faculty and mental acuity that he is able to go toe-to-toe with them, and they have to leave defeated. That doesn't sound insane and demon-possessed. That sounds like somebody who knows exactly what he's talking about and knows exactly what he's doing. Wait a second.
1: Are you suggesting that these Pharisees can't have it both ways? They cannot
0: have it both ways. (laughs) They cannot have it both ways. The mere fact that he is able to go... Uh, to, to be here with them in this battle of wits in this battle of intelligence and actually come out on top. I mean, they, they really are conceding because they don't accuse him right here. They have to leave in rage and come up with another plan because he has outsmarted them. Yeah. Okay, so now let's back up yeah, and figure out what his argument is. Right. Yeah, I think it's because I think it's pretty powerful. So they've got this fellow with the withered hand. They ask him, "Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath?" You know, another way. In fact, a way you and I often talk. We we might say that what they asked was, "Is it authorized? Mm-hmm. Does God's law authorize yeah. this? Mm-hmm. Do we have authority to heal on the Sabbath?" Which is an interesting question all on its own. There, there's a part of you that that part of me that wants to say. Guys, can you not hear what you're saying? Here's a fellow that you know, you actually believe, has the ability to heal this man. And instead of just saying, wow, we should listen to him, you're you're trying to figure out why this guy who can heal somebody
1: isn't exactly what he's claiming to be. It, it is a bizarre thing because it also sort of concedes you are a miracle worker. You are. So do you you're a healer. work miracles? Uh, there's my air quotes. Work yeah, miracles on the Sabbath.
0: Jesus' response then is, which one of you who has a sheep, if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will not take hold of it and lift it out? Of how much more value is a man than a sheep? So it is lawful or authorized Mm -hmm. to do good on the Sabbath, says the man stretch out his hand and he heals him. Here's what Jesus doesn't do. There's a couple things Jesus doesn't do. First of all, I think it's really important that Jesus doesn't say, guys, why are you worried about this? Don't you know I'm bringing in grace, and grace means that law doesn't matter, and grace means that we don't have to come up with authority. I, you know, We're moving from this law system to a grace system, so, so it, it doesn't matter. I, I just get to do what I want. He doesn't say that. I think that's really important.
1: Well, and just to dovetail, we've talked about Sabbath earlier in this chapter in yesterday's program. Jesus is not breaking the Sabbath. He is not violating the Sabbath, and that goes back to Matthew 5 and his purpose of being here to fulfill the law, mm-hmm. fulfill yes. the law. He's not come to transgress any of it, and so in, in that respect, even though their hearts are in the wrong place, there it could be an honest question. Are you just throwing out the Sabbath? Are you just willy-nilly? And, and he teaches them a better way. He teaches them to use logic and reason and and actually appeal to the scripture. Yes. I mean when he uses that word therefore, we realize, oh, he's actually led them through a process to see I'm maintaining the Sabbath. You're you're attacking me on a misunderstanding about
0: all this. He doesn't say that the law doesn't matter. He doesn't say that authority doesn't matter. The other thing he doesn't do is he doesn't say hey, guys, that's just your opinion. Mm. That's just your interpretation. No, no, he he actually pulls the law up, and as you said, he now starts to use logical reason. But I have to admit, there's a couple other things he doesn't do. He doesn't say, hey guys, don't you remember where Moses wrote in Deuteronomy, you are allowed to heal on the Sabbath? (laughs) So he doesn't go back and find a direct statement.
1: No, that's correct. Not a direct statement. The
0: other thing he doesn't do is say, well, guys, wait a minute. Don't you remember when Elijah healed on the Sabbath? Or don't you remember when Moses healed someone on the Sabbath or David healed someone on the Sabbath? He doesn't go back and find actually an example of anyone ever being healed On the Sabbath. So these issues that would most commonly we would recognize in every walk of life provide legal, lawful authority in behavior. He doesn't find a statement, a command, an example. What does he do? He actually pulls out something that seems to be about something completely different. He says, guys, let me ask you how would you treat a sheep that had fallen in the ditch? Mm -hmm. How would you, how would you treat a sheep that had become downcast that had fallen over or had gotten caught in a trap or, or, you know, they, they've fallen and their leg is broke. How would you treat that sheep? What would you do?
1: And and I I think I see where you're going here. That's not entirely hypothetical because actually the law does speak to that situation. There actually is a law about that. Uh So what Jesus does is he goes to a law that is
0: actually written. That seems to be about something completely different. I'm, looking at Deuteronomy 22 verse 1. This is in the ESV. You shall not see your brother's ox or his sheep going astray and ignore them. You shall take them back to your brother. And if he does not live near you and you do not know who he is, you shall bring it home to your house and it shall stay with you until your brother seeks it. Then you shall restore it to him. And you shall do the same with his donkey or with his garment or with any lost thing of your brother's which he loses and you find you may not ignore it. You shall not see your brother's donkey or his ox fallen down by the way and ignore them them you shall help him to lift them up again that's like the original lost and found policy yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely but tied together the reason why i wanted to go ahead and read that whole thing is because it starts with the issue of the sheep when it actually gets to the fallen animals it just mentions donkey and ox but it's all going together right so if you if you see your neighbor's sheep or his donkey or his ox fallen down you're supposed to help him lift it out mm-hmm. if you see it trapped if you see it caught if you see it hurt if you see it lost and there's no exception for the sabbath yeah, Jesus' point is is that even if it's the Sabbath, it's you don't get to use the Sabbath as an excuse to ignore your neighbor's ox or donkey or sheep who has fallen in the ditch. This, yeah. by the way, to is ignore where, a need. This, by the way, is where we find uh, come up with that phrase: "the ox is in the ditch." Mm-hmm. Here's the situation that it's not situational ethics, but we recognize here's the situation that says you know the normal rule here. This is this is exceptional. The yeah. ox is in the ditch here, and so we're going to go ahead and pull it out, even though it's the Sabbath. Yeah. Now, Jesus does something really interesting here, because he actually twists it a little bit. He doesn't say to them, none of you would see your neighbor's sheep fallen, and he's, mm-hmm. none of you would, if you had an own, your own sheep. Yeah. He appeals to them about their own logical reasons, something they would accept. They understand that even though the law itself explicitly says your neighbor's sheep, they would, they would expect every one of the neighbors to help them with their sheep. Right. And if it was their own sheep, they wouldn't say, oh. Oh, it's not my neighbor's sheep. I have to leave it there. Yeah. They, they would understand. There's a logical conclusion. There's, There's an, an
1: implication,
0: isn't there? Well, that's a $1,000 word right there. There's yeah. an implication. This law, even though it doesn't explicitly say my own sheep, implicitly that would be included. Yeah. And But then Jesus takes it a step further. He implies, or he infers, infers I should say. Yeah. He infers, if this is how we should treat a sheep that we find harmed and hindered on the Sabbath, how much more a human, because a human, a creation of God, one Mm -hmm. of God's children, one of God's people, of how much more value Value, is this person than the sheep? So look, And here's the really important thing. I know that there are a lot of people today that when they hear someone say the Bible authorizes things implicitly, the New Testament authorizes things implicitly, they push back, oh, you can't use that. You shouldn't do that. Now you're just making up your own rules. I just want to point out that's exactly what Jesus is doing here. Jesus is inferring from the law something it didn't say. He cannot go anywhere in the law and find a statement or an example of someone being healed on the sabbath but he finds this law about the sheep and how you're supposed to do good and help even on the sabbath mm-hmm. and he says see this is authorized mm-hmm. it is lawful to mm-hmm. do good and then he turns around and he heals this man mm-hmm. jesus used the principle of implication and inference logical conclusion reasoning to say this is authorized I'm allowed to do it, and smack in the face of the Pharisees, he heals the guy, and the Pharisees and the scribes and the Jews, they had to admit defeat. Yeah. You're right.
1: They accepted it. That's why they have to leave and go come up with another plan. Yeah. I No, I see what you're saying there. Um, Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. And then he said, stretch out your hand. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's great because I I see almost a little reversal here earlier when he had healed the paralytic, you know what's easier to say that uh, that uh, your sins are forgiven or rise, take up your bed and walk, but so that you would see that the son of man has the authority to forgive sins, the ability to forgive sins. So you have the miracle done. Right, that goes along and demonstrates he has this power. He was right about this. Same thing going on here. After I have taught you that this is the right thing to do, I'm going to show you. Then I do it. Yeah. yeah, then I do it, and he and he heals the fella. It's it's a
0: powerful thing. So for those today who want to push back against just very logical, reasonable principles of authority and, I, and I know interpretation, honestly, interpretation. Yeah. Uh, people who want to say, Look, I just want to follow Jesus. I'm, you, you know, all your rules about authority. I'm saying, Hey, let's follow Jesus. Here's how Jesus established authority. Here's yeah. how Jesus knew what he was allowed to do. And it wasn't just by fiat. It wasn't just, I'm God. So whatever I think, I'm allowed to do. It was, Look, here's the law. Here's the logical conclusion from the law. I'm
1: inferring this is an implication. Yeah. He, he, he shows us how to work within the construct of Scripture. So
0: let's go be like Jesus. Amen. Let's use the
1: Scripture the way he did.
0: Thanks a lot for listening today. And we're so excited about Matthew chapter 12 and all that we're learning from Jesus here. Want to invite you to be back with us tomorrow. Send us an email, text talk at christiansmeethere.org. Check out the Facebook group. We'd love for you to be a part of that conversation over there. Let's wrap up with a prayer. Holy God, you are magnificent. You are the awesome Lord. We love you so much. Thank you for doing good to us. Thank you for sacrificing your son so that you could pull us out of the ditch. We had fallen into the pit, and you moved heaven and earth and sacrificed your son in order to lift us up, to make us guiltless. Thank you, Lord. We love you so very much. Thank you for loving us first. Through your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today.
1: Whatever that means, I don't even know what you're saying.